welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Everybody and welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Forehand. And as always, I am here with my amazing podcast partner, Rhonda. How are you today, Rhonda? I'm doing good. Hello, everybody. We're glad that you're here with us. Yes. So on today's podcast, we are also thrilled to have Platinum Certified Instructor Don McGregor with us. And we have been looking forward to this podcast for the last month, Don. So welcome to the podcast. And uh, can you start by just giving us a little bit of an introduction of who you are, where you live, what grade you teach? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for inviting me to join you. I've been looking forward to this as well. Um, I've listened to every podcast that you ladies have put out, and it's just wonderful um, to spread the awesomeness of whole brain teaching to teachers all around the world. And I have to tell you a secret. (laughs) This has been on my whole brain teaching bucket list. So thank you again for inviting me to do this. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. We're glad Um, you're here. Thanks. I teach first grade in Lamar's, Iowa, which is in the northwest corner of the state. Um, We're the home of Blue Bunny ice cream. So that's our claim to fame. And coach likes to give street names and my street name is blue. And that's where that comes from. So you see that hashtag on Facebook or he refers to me as blue in a zoom. That's um, in honor of blue bunny ice cream. I have been teaching first grade for 25 years. I've been in the same district building grade and classroom my whole career. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, so. Let's get some background information. How did you find whole brain teaching and how long have you been using that in all of those years that you've been in that same classroom? Um, I heard about whole brain teaching from two other first grade teachers in my district at a different that teach at a different building. Mm -hmm. And that might have been 10 years ago. And they, I think, probably had stumbled upon it on the website and had just shared to class. Yes the rules and scoreboard. And back then it was the smiley face frowning version. Mm -hmm. So I had kind of tried those things for a few years, um, but really took a deep dive four years ago. Um, My 20th year teaching was kind of rough. Um, Looking back on it, I think a big part of it was because we got a new ELA curriculum and the previous one we'd had for 18 years. So everything I'd done for 18 years now got turned upside down. And you you all know from teaching, you have new curriculum, you kind of don't have your lessons down pat and the flow of your classroom gets off and then the behaviors get off. Yeah. And so that, that was a rough year. I cried a couple times in front of my students. Mm. And I remember telling my principal, I just kind of felt like my spirit was broken. Like I just wasn't being the best teacher that those students needed. 
Um, and a lot of times those students are dealing with things outside of school that we don't have a lot of control on. Right. But what we do have control of is our classroom. Mm -hmm. So after that 20th year, I decided to put forth a lot of effort into researching whole brain teaching because I really felt like there was so much more than what I had just dabbled in. So that summer I was on the website, I watched videos, um, got super involved in the Facebook groups. Um, I even got to go to a conference that Sarah and Heidi had put on, and I was ready to start that 21st year of teaching, trying these strategies, and I was using it. It was going great, and then COVID hit, yeah. <laughs> and so then I to finish out that year with those kids, but in a way, that was kind of a blessing because all of you on the executive board and staff members started doing those one-hour Zooms, mm -hmm. and I was in every single one that I could. I was a website stalker on Fridays when Sarah would post those because I wanted to make sure I could get into those. And then I really um, committed to whole brain teaching. I did my bronze certification, silver certification, and was into gold um, all throughout that summer. And then that last year got gold certified, and now I'm platinum certified. Um, a staff member um, and involved in AVA, Alpha Hawk Virtual Academy, and a co-captain of Team Extreme. So that's a little bit of my background. So this will be my fourth full year using whole brain teaching. That's yeah. Awesome. And it sounds like an amazing journey. Um, I think we could all relate to those teaching years where we shed tears. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So speaking of those years where we've shed some tears, um, what has been the most common teaching problem for you in your classroom setting? Well, I think all teachers have to have some type of classroom management and figuring out what are your rules going to be, how are you going to teach the rules and enforce the rules. Right. So kind of piggying back off of um, what I learned about the rules from those other two teachers, I had been doing a version of the rules and practicing them four or five times a day. Um, but the part I was missing was the rule callouts. Mm. So that's always my recommendation for teachers. If you're wanting to get started with whole brain teaching, look at the rules, teach your students the rules, practice them five times a day, and you do that all year long. So that's a real different approach. A lot of times we think about rules just at back to school time. You make a poster, you put it on the wall, and then you never really touch them or talk about them again. So that is one huge difference is you're going to practice those rules all school year long. Um, and the other part that I really was missing was the rule callouts. So coach's goal for us is to have a no scold classroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you two cards on the table. That was, that's hard for me. I'm still striving yeah. to hit that goal, but the rule callouts help a lot. Mm -hmm. So what that looks like is if a student breaks a rule, instead of calling out that student's name or embarrassing them in front of their peers, you just say rule number two. And everybody says, raise your hand for permission to speak and you keep teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so just teaching the rules, reviewing and doing a rule call out can make a huge difference in the feel of your classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you mentioned, you know, the strategy when the um, rule is broken. So what is your favorite whole brain teaching strategy? Oh. Is it the three P that you talked about? Or is there another component of whole brain teaching that's your favorite? There is so many, as I told you before I got started, I could talk for hours and hours about whole brain teaching. But what I thought I'd share today is some of my favorites. 
Um, and whole brain teaching encompasses so many components of teaching. You've got classroom management, social emotional learning, motivation, lesson delivery. And so it can be kind of overwhelming. And I want to share just a few tips that I think are easy that you could implement tomorrow or in the next few weeks that you're going to see a big impact in your classroom. So piggybacking off of the rules and the rule call out, the three P is one that's easy to implement. And so that goes off of rule one, follow directions quickly. And one way we can get our students to follow directions quickly is the three P. So it might sound something like this. If I want my students to take out their pencils, I might say, let's repeat pencils. And they say pencils, pencils, pencils as they take their pencil out. And then you can decide, are they gonna hold their pencil in the air? Are they gonna waggle their fingers? Are they gonna fold their hands? What are they gonna do when that three-peat is done? And the idea is after the three-peat, they should be quiet, have followed that direction and be ready to learn. So we use that a lot. And what you'll find is once you start doing it, your students will start saying the three-peat before you even do it because they know that's just part of the routine as you're transitioning from one activity to another. Mm-hmm. And we know transitions are hard. Students like to talk anyway. So let's give them a purpose um, as they're talking and transitioning. Right. So definitely the three-peat. I like Can the three-peat too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You love the well, three-peat. No, I was just thinking, I remember in my classroom that, I mean, the three-peats kind of took over if I had a substitute because a substitute would leave a note saying, you know, they said this three times and they were amazed at that. So I love that that one too. Yeah. And, I was, and you can use it for anything. Lines, 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 yeah. right. Name, 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 what, whatever procedure you want them to do repeat mm-hmm. it three times and hopefully they do it quickly. Now I was going to ask you a question about that because this has been a question that I've gotten from some teachers in my building. So how do you keep your students from repeating everything? You know, for, for example, in my classroom, we don't repeat everything. We will repeat like names, name on your paper. And they'll say name on your paper, 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 lines, um, bodies up. Let's see. Um, when we say tables, so that's when they go back to their tables or I'll even say smart board. Um, but how do you, how do you get them to not like, I had one year where I had a student who just thought and it drove me like crazy because she repeated everything. And so I wanted to know in your classroom, how do you keep them? Do you have a list somewhere of three peats or, or do you just give them a cue? I usually give them a cue as okay. to, I'll say, let's three peats, folders, folders, folders. Sometimes a student might just start a three peat and we'll just go with it. Okay. Um, but usually they either prompt them or they know which ones are our routine. I've not had that where somebody's wanted to. I sometimes even put up my fingers, you know, so they knew that that oh, was sure. you know, the one time, the second time, you know, they knew that that would be the three-peat too. That's so a good that idea too. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little tidbit about my building. My building um, was built when the open classroom concept was popular. So I really only have one real wall and the rest are like fake walls and cupboards. And so you can do whole brain teaching and keep it the noise level down a little bit. I'm sure I'm distracting at times to my neighbors, but I can whisper it too. It might be whisper seat, seat, seat. So we don't have to use a loud voice. You control that voice level and help your students control that voice level in your classroom. Yeah. yeah so keep well, we kind of your- got off target a little bit, mm-hmm. but were there any other that you uh, strategies that you wanted to talk about that were your favorite? I didn't want you to miss out on not saying the other ones that you wanted to talk about. Oh gosh, about. I, I've got quite a list. My next list would be the ones for a no fear classroom. And once again, those are just sayings and phrases that you use and your students use 
just to create that positive environment with your students. So the first one is you're still cool. I do this on the first day of school, not because I have it down in my lesson plans. It's because I make a mistake, of course. <laughs> and right away from the get go, I'll tell the boys and girls, oh, tell me you're still cool. And our gestures like you give yourself a hug. And so right from day one, we establish when you make a mistake, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to laugh. We're not going to make fun of anybody. We're just going to say you're still cool and move on. And I am the person who gets the you're still cools the most by far. <laughs> and it didn't take long this year for my students to um, feel comfortable telling me and each other that. So if you haven't started, you're still cool. Um, that is a great phrase to introduce into your classroom. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I love that one because I don't know about you. I mean, I taught first grade for a long time, but, and now I teach second grade. Um, but especially like with this current class that I have, it's just a lot of high energy. And, and so like the first time someone makes a mistake, like everybody's laughing. And I think that I must revert back to like <laughs> my childhood. And I just know how that feels when people like laugh at you for making a mistake. So I agree with you. I, I love it because it's like, it's a way to say, you know, we all make mistakes and it's really not that big of a deal. Mistakes are how we learn. And like you said, I'm the first one to admit because I call for heaven's sakes, I call like my own family members by the wrong name, because you know, for whatever reason. So I know I'm going to mess up the names of my students or, you know, say it's reading when it's really math or something like that. So I, I too love the concept um, because it really does start to show that glorious kindness that is so important with whole brain teaching. So Anyway, keep going, Dawn. I'm loving everything you're saying. All right. The next one's that 10 finger woo. If you've been in Zooms with any of us, you've probably seen that. And that's just a quick way to positively reinforce something that happens in your classroom. You point your 10 fingers at the student and just say woo real quick. Um, and of course, you can add variety and centricity by coming up with variations of that. But that's just a quick positive way to celebrate something in your classroom. Um, I also love the we've got grit, we don't quit. Um, you know, whole brain teaching is full of different games and dice rolls, and you are not always going to get a winning number. And so we have to establish what's going to happen. And it's not whining and pouting and getting upset. We just say we've got grit, we don't quit, and we move on. And then the last one is the help me please. And I really like this one because I know you've seen it. Students raise their hand or you call on them and they think they know and they're confused or they forget. And once again, it's not that big a deal. They just put out their hands. They say, help me, please. And then you can establish how your students help that person. For my room, it just works best. If other kids that think they know the answer raise their hand and the person who said, help me, please, calls on somebody to give them the answer. And then I have that original student say the answer. You could also have the kids around them just turn and help them out. But that's another way to let students know it's okay to make mistakes. We're here to help each other. We're not gonna make fun of you. Um, so I really like that. Help me please as well. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that just really helps, um, create such a positive classroom environment. You know, those things that you're talking about, the 10 finger woo, we're cheering each other on, um, you know, the help me, um, we all need help from time to time. The year's still cool. We all make mistakes from time to time. Right. So it's, it's kind of a way to like establish, like we're all human in here and, but we're all in this together. You know, we, we, we're creating that team atmosphere, you know, 
um, which I love rule five, which is make our dear team stronger. So those are all ways you can make your team stronger. Yeah. And then throughout the year, you almost start feeling like a little family. Sure. Through all of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, um, some other strategies that, that might be like some bigger strategies, for example, um, you know, I know we had talked about before we started rolling the concept of stories and we've seen that and we've taken it away, but yet it's still kind of, I mean, we were all talking that it still truly is a, a strategy that could be really helpful. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I- I'd love to. So Stories came out in Coach's book on virtual instruction when COVID hit and so many teachers across the country were trying to teach via Zoom and he wanted to create a game to um, increase student engagement that would be really easy. And it actually, it is super easy to do virtually, but I love it in the classroom. And the concept of the game is you start by telling the students, we're going to play a game um, with rule number one, follow directions quickly. When I see you following directions quickly, I'll roll the dice. If we roll a one, two, or three, we earn a starry. If we roll a four or five, we say we've got grit, we don't quit. Mm-hmm. And a six in whole brain teaching is always a re-roll. And then you find some way to keep track of the stories and you're trying to get up to 100. So in my classroom, I have a chart with 10, 10 frames on it. And I just draw the little stories on the 10 frames. Um, initially, we used stories to unlock super improver, mm-hmm. but I still play it now. And if we get to 100 stories, everybody gets a super improver star. So I love this game because at any point of the day, if I see something amazing, some improvement, um, something wonderful, I'll grab the dice. And what I do is I just put it behind my back and I turn it and I pick a student to tell me when to stop. And then I stop and I hold it out and show them what we get. And so that is a real easy way to play a game and get dice rolls um, going in your classroom. Okay. You know, magic circle or P circle is. Fiverr is the easiest to implement. Hey, can I check you guys um, for a second? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Rhonda, ask your question. No, you, you, you guys completely froze up. It's my internet. But Rhonda, can you okay. again with that question? Okay. Sure. Whenever you're ready. Now, is it magic? Was it magic circle or is it P circle that you talked about in your notes, Don? Um, magic circle and fiber. Okay. I said P circle. So that's my bad. All right. That's no, okay. All right, let's backtrack a little bit. We talked a little bit about classroom environment and, you know, that's a strong component of whole brain teaching. Um, Fiverr is new and our magic circle, which is basically our teaching cycle. Would you like to talk about some of those? Yeah, definitely. So Fiverr is a social emotional check-in. Coach has designed a graph. Like it has little like Lego characters and each character is holding up a number one through five. So you can have this displayed right by your door when you come in. That's one of the places I have it displayed. And then I also have a digital version so I can pull it up on my TV as well. So one way you can do it as the students enter the room in the morning, they can show you one to five how they're feeling. 
Um, another way you can do it is at, gather your whole class together and have everybody at one time show you how they're feeling. And they can just do it right in front of their chest if they're not comfortable holding it up for everybody to see. Um, most first graders pretty much don't care. So all of mine are, have their hands nice and high in the air showing me how they feel. And you could leave it as simple as that. And it could be a quick check-in. Or you could have the students turn and talk to their partner about how they feel if they're comfortable. A lot of times I've been trying to do two or three popsicle sticks and give those students the option to share if they want to. Sometimes they pass, which is perfectly fine. Um, but most of the time, the students want to share how they're feeling and why. And coach recommends doing this all throughout the day, just like we do a rule review. We mm -hmm. should check in because they might feel one way in the morning when they come in, but maybe something happened at recess or PE and now they've changed. Mm -hmm. So you can just kind of have that be a part of your day. So you've transitioned back from an activity, do a quick fiber check and do a rule review. Yeah. Okay. What about magic circle? What do you like about it? So this one probably was one of the biggest changes if you're going to become a whole brain teaching teacher and change the way you deliver instruction. Um, magic circle is what you need to look at. And it's going to take you some time. You're not going to jump in day one and get all of the steps right away. So you just start with class. Yes, that's the attention getter. And for some people, that might be all you do one year is all you feel comfortable with. So first you get their attention by saying class. Yes. And then when you feel like you have that part down, then you introduce the manners of thank you, you're welcome. And we're really trying to work this year on making connections with our class. So whenever possible, try to say thank you class. And then they'll say you're welcome and use your name, Mrs. McGregor. And then the next step is mirror words. So you put up both of your hands and say mirror words. Your students do that. And then everything you say or do after that, your students will repeat. And this really ups the engagement in your lessons. You're probably going to get hopefully 90 to 100% of your students doing that with you. Mm -hmm. Once you've taught um, your learning point, you say it once regular, then say it again with a little bit of centricity. So they've heard the teaching point two times. You say mirrors off. And then clap twice and say teach, they turn to their partner and they teach their partner and you bring them back. So it sounds complicated and there's a lot of steps to learn. And initially I felt like an actress on a stage trying to remember my lines and my motions. But now once you practice, it just becomes a part of, of how you teach. Um, you can even just jump in right to mirror words. You don't necessarily have to go all the way around the circle. Mm -hmm. And then the best thing is to get to that student-powered classroom where the students are the ones getting up and saying, class, yes, thank you, and leading the lesson. So that's the ultimate goal. And the students really love um, to be the leaders, and they respond well when other students are leading. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give someone starting out with Holbrook teaching? I mean, we've talked about so many strategies here just on this podcast today, and we're, I mean, we're just barely touching on them. So what advice would you give someone that's new to Holbrook teaching or, or might be struggling with implementing some of these things? Um, pick one thing, try it until you feel really comfortable with it and you feel like your students um know how to do it and then add one more. So if you do this class, yes, for a month until you feel like you're ready for something else, that's okay. You go at your own pace. Um, coach comes out with new ideas literally every week and there is no way we can all keep up with all the new ideas and the old ones out there. Don't feel like you have to do everything. If you try too much at once, you're going to get overwhelmed and frustrated and you're going to give up. Mm. So just pick one thing 
try it, get comfortable, and then gradually add something new. I think that's really important to for people to know, because I do see people a little frustrated on the Facebook pages. And I think that's very important to take those baby steps. So if um, our listeners want to get a hold of you, if they have a question about maybe something mentioned, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yes, I have a whole brain teaching email. So it's Dawn McGregor and my last name is M-A-C-G-R-E-G-O-R at wholebrainteaching.com. Feel free to, if you see me post on Facebook too, you can respond to Facebook posts, but definitely send me an email. I would love to chat or mentor anyone who'd like some more information about whole brain teaching. That's awesome. You shared so many great ideas and some we have like podcasts over those ideas, but it's so like amazing to just kind of hear how through your, let's see, when did you, when did you say you found whole brain teaching year 21 or year 20? Year 21. Okay. Yeah, year 21. So, you know, even within the, you know, four years since you've implemented whole brain teaching, just to kind of see how you tried things. And I love the advice that you gave about um, try one thing at a time, because even you know, someone who's been doing whole brain teaching for, you know, seven, eight years now, this year, I've kind of like taken a step back and go, okay, what, what is something that I haven't particularly tried with fidelity that I really want to try this year? And I'm going to try that until I feel very, very comfortable with it. So, you know, that's just the beauty of whole brain teaching is that we have that ability to, um, like Rhonda said, do what we choose to do until we feel really good about how we're implementing that in the classroom and then add something new to that. So that is such great advice. And it has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I hope that we can have you on in the future as, you know, coach is always developing new ideas And so we're always looking for, you know, amazing staff members to come on and um, share those ideas with us because coach can't always come on our podcast, even though we love when he does, but so we'll, we'll definitely keep you in mind for a future podcast. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your whole brain teaching journey with us. I know that it will help so many of the listeners out there as they are implementing various pieces of whole brain teaching into their classroom this year. Yes. And I would like to thank you as well um, for being on the podcast. We appreciate your willingness to help so many teachers. And remember to check out the website at holdbrainteaching.com for information about whole brain teaching. And just a reminder to check out our whole brain teaching official store for free resources there. Yes. Once again, thank you, Dawn. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this with all your teacher friends and even your administrators, because we love to have administrators on board. We are extremely grateful for each and every one of you. Until next time, we'll see you later. 